Uh, good evening and welcome into Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us. Have you for the next hour as we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball. And I'll be honest with you. I was looking forward to this show this week. Not that I'm not looking forward to it, but I was looking forward to it, thinking that the Brewers roster was going to have some major additions to it, that uh, some things were going to happen at the winter meetings. I didn't, I didn't know how much would happen. I didn't know if it would be a lot or a little, but I thought something would happen, and basically nothing happens. Now, should that worry you about this offseason for the Brewers? No. If you look at your calendar, if you have the same kind of calendar that I have, I think we're all going to see that's December 14th, and that's okay. There's still plenty of time, and David Stearns throughout the course of the winter meetings uh, definitely said there were conversations that were being had that were leading to something, so those conversations can continue, even though all the general managers will not be together in, uh, in Florida. But nothing gets done, and we just have to continue to wait and see what is going to happen as the Brewers continue to search for starting pitching, continue to search for relief pitching, and maybe, maybe a second baseman, although based off things that Craig Council said this week, uh, perhaps they're pretty comfortable going into the season with some sort of tandem, I say tandem, some sort of grouping of Eric Sogard, Jonathan VR, Hernan Perez, taking most of the innings at second base. Here's what's on the program today. It's kind of the winter meetings recap edition of Brewers Weekly. We're going to talk with uh, SB Nation's Chris Cotillo here in about five minutes. And after we're done with that, we'll have a ton of time for phone calls during the second half of the program where uh, we'll be able to get your take. Are you frustrated the Brewers didn't do anything, or are you looking at it the way I'm looking at it. Hey, it's December 14th. They still have plenty of time to get something done. That's going to be our conversation, uh, the bulk of our conversation during the second half of the program. If you do want to join us, you can call, you can text on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. You can also always tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air, or you can uh, drop me. Uh, you can you can tweet at me, or if you want to follow me on Twitter and follow along with the program on Twitter as well, you can uh, do that. Before we get any further, we got an early phone call into the program. Though let's get to Rick in Oakfield. Hey, Rick, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I have a point and then a question regarding the winter meetings. First of all, thirty blown saves, bullpen uh, was was a big issue. Second part of the question is over management by Greg Council, uh, depending upon matchups and so feeling. The third part is um, the winter meetings, they didn't do anything. Sorcerer is gone, so your bullpen's really weak. So, one sign of players to, to strengthen that bullpen, be top priority, and add a starter now, then the next 14 days. So, people you to go into spring training with some idea who's going to boost for the B. Whether it's hater as your bullpen, hey, Rick, Rick, Rick. Let me just let me ask you this because I want to know where you're coming from. Why does it matter if you have that starting pitcher in place on January first, or if you have that starting pitcher in place on February first? It's because where is he going to put hater? Don't you, don't Hold on, I don't know if you heard what I just said. January first, February. You said you want something done in the next two weeks. Why does it matter if it's January first or February first? How does that affect Josh uh, okay. Hader? 
then maybe on February 1st, when pictures and tetris report, you have to have something in place. Okay, and that's six weeks out. So we they got time. Okay. But then everybody else just signed up, and then you're sitting there with the strap. Uh, there's still a lot of guys out there, and there's still a lot of trades to be had as well. Okay. Now, what who would you put? Uh, Sorcerer's dog, so you can't re-sign him. So you got a decision to make with Cater, and you better make it soon. But whether he's still your bullpen guy in the eighth in, eighth in, you need two closers on that team. Because Neymar can't pitch every night. Okay, so... Yeah, there's work to be done. I, Rick, I think every Brewers fan can agree with what you're saying, that there's work to be done on the back end of the bullpen. Quite, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to you. I hope you don't take it that way. But you're, you're asking questions that we can't answer until the roster is put together. We, we, we just we don't know because they didn't make moves at the winter meetings. And it really it seems like baseball is moving towards – there's going to be guys – remember last year we were talking about Matt Wieters, you know, two weeks into spring training? You know, guys are getting signed into spring training now. So I wish the Brewers would have done something more at the winter meetings. It would be more fun to talk about right now. But it, it's, hard to, it's hard to handicap what the back end of the bullpen is going to look like when we don't know who's on the roster. Who would you go after? Look, there's a ton of guys out there, and Rick, I gotta let you go because we've got a guest coming up in our next segment. I appreciate the the phone call. Um, look, there's a lot of guys out there. I can throw out names. I can throw out names. I think the Brewers are going to be more active in the trade market. I still think you know a guy that uh, Dan O'Dowd on MLB Network has been all over the idea of Chris Ar- Archer coming to the Brewers from Tampa Bay. I'd love to see that. I would love to see that. I think if that can get done, if that move and almost that move only, that move and you know, some small moves to get relief pitchers, uh, if that's the move that's made, I'm very happy with the work of David Stearns. And I think there's a possibility of that. So we can talk. Uh, nobody expected you know Travis Shaw to be the guy who came over last year. So it's we can throw names. We can look at every single free agent. We can look at every other player that's been rumored to be available on other teams and say whether or not they fit on the Brewers. Uh, that's um, to me. It's more useless than anything. To me, it's let's just see what's going to happen. We will ask uh, Chris Cotillo though about a bunch of those guys, and he is good. Join us next. He is an MLB insider for SB Nation and MLB Daily Dish. He joins us next. It's Brewers Weekly. Back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join the program, we'll have the phones back open during the second half hour of the program. If you're uh, frustrated at all with the Brewers and the lack of activity during the winter meetings, you can express that to me on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. Right now, we're very happy to uh, welcome on to the program. He is a uh, baseball insider for SB Nation, also MLB Daily Dish, which is all kind of part of the same deal. His name is uh, Chris Cotillo. Hey, Chris, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. How was uh, uh, Orlando? I know you're fresh back from there. Yeah, I just got home like 10 minutes ago, and uh, up here in central Massachusetts, I lost 50 degrees on my flight between uh, <laughs> you know 65 degrees and 15, so uh, a little bit nicer weather there, but it was uh, a great week if you're a back-end reliever, and if you were a baseball fan looking for big moves, it wasn't your most exciting week of your life. It, it certainly wasn't, and if you're a Brewers fan, it was like the worst winter, winter meetings ever because nothing happened. The, on this, uh, I guess, Wednesday... David Stern said it felt like there was momentum for something to happen in the next 24 hours, and then nothing ended up happening. When you were out there, what were you hearing on who maybe the Brewers were in on? 
Yeah, I think you know. Obviously, it's it's we're in the very early stages, you know, of of the off season. Still, I think there's a lot of you know urgency for a lot of teams. I'll, I'll throw out two other teams whose fan bases are getting really anxious. You know, my hometown one, Red Sox fans are expected Dombrowski to come home with uh, J.D. Martinez and or Eric Hosmer in hand. That fan thought they were going to get a second baseman and, and you know five relievers and and everything and. And now, you know, Brewers fans, I'm sure, were looking for big things, too. I think a lot of people after that surprising year last year really thought the Brewers were going to be involved in some high-end pursuits. And at this point, you know, relievers are really it. So, uh, you know, I know losing a guy in Swarzak, who they had some interest in bringing back, kind of hurts. But there are a ton of guys still out there. Uh, you know, there's some uh, lesser relievers who could be had on minor league deals. I think, you know, when you're a team with not the highest payroll, and the Brewers obviously, you know, can't count themselves among the, the highest in the league, you kind of look at these deals some of these relievers are getting, and maybe you want to stay out of that market. Brian Shaw getting three years, $27 million, the same deal for Jake McGee. Guys like Luke Gregerson getting $11 million, and Brandon Morrow getting 21. There are some guys that are just getting, you know, paid in like eight or nine million to going right per year. And I, I just don't think, you know, that's the best allocation of resources. But, you know, we're hearing them on Archer, you know, as, as you've talked about. We we're hearing them on, you know, maybe Arietta, maybe Darvish as those. Uh, markets develop if they can add, you know, one of those veteran starters kind of in the mold of how they tried to do it with Garza a few years ago. I thought, think that would be good. And obviously some bullpen additions, um, is always good for any team. So I, I think this patience is important because, you know, on the positional player side, the only guy to get a major league deal to this point for position players, non-catchers is Leonis Martin, who a lot of people haven't even heard of going to the Tigers. You know, the starters, it's really guys who have Tommy John surgery and then Chatwood. Uh, Doug Fister, Mike Miner, guys like that, that market hasn't developed at all. So if you want a reliever, it's time to get maybe a little bit concerned. I do see that, but the prices people are paying are crazy. So just I think Brewers fans should just sit tight. You know, moves are going to come eventually because they realize it's a big offseason where they should make a strike. Anthony Swarzak was really good for the Brewers this past year, and he was good for the White Sox before he got traded. But this was his breakout year, and his breakout year comes, you know, as he's somewhat of a veteran guy, and now the Mets give him two years, $14 million. Isn't there as much of a chance that he regresses to who he was prior to this past year as there is that he repeats what he did this past season? Absolutely. You know, there's all, you're always risking that. There's a guy who's, you know, 31, 32, I think, and has, has never been as good as he ha- was this past year. You're talking about a guy who, you know, has come in as, as like a non-roster invitee in the last few years. Well, I think Cleveland, the Yankees, teams like that, obviously the White Sox last year. And the White Sox were able to kind of strike gold and sign a non-roster guy who ends up being, you know, one of the uh, preeminent relievers in baseball, ends up getting a two-year, $14 million deal. So uh, for me, that's really interesting that, um, you know, that was able to happen. And uh, there was always that case of regression. And I know I'll hear about it if, if from Mets fans on Twitter who are the loudest and the loudest group, if he does regress. But, you know, the, I think – at this point, you just have to reward a guy for, for what they did last year. That is, you know, the market we're in. Not necessarily a projection to future performance or paying for guys for what they did last year at a time where bullpen arms have never been valued higher. A guy like Anthony Schwarzak, you know, good for him for cashing in on that and making $14 million. Seems like the offseason is almost shifting back where there's not as many moves at the beginning. The winter meetings, we didn't see as many moves. Guys are going to be getting signed into spring training. Everything's just being pushed back. Does that benefit teams or does that benefit players more? It definitely benefits the teams. You know, players are going to start getting to a panic mode where, you know, they're really going to be starting to be afraid of, am I even going to get signed at all? And obviously they are. These rosters need to be filled out. But the teams, you know, have kind of the leverage here where they don't need to 
you know, make these signings that early and overpay. And we've seen some teams come out and be aggressive. Obviously, some the Rockies have been aggressive in the bullpen market. The Cubs were, you know, aggressive in getting Chatwood. Yankees and the Cardinals both needed big bats. They got them. But other than that, you know, you have all these free agents. The teams are saying, all right, if if none of if you're not going to get signed anyway, let's wait for that price to drop. I think a big, you know, piece of this is that teams expect to commit more money than we've ever seen in the free agent market in a year. These guys are not the flashiest names. Obviously, J.D. Martinez and Hosmer and Darvish and Arietta. They're good players and stuck us, but they're not Harper, Machado, Donaldson, you know, possibly Kershaw and guys like that. So you, know, you have a really good free agent class coming a year from now. Teams might be saving up for that a little bit. And if they can kind of, you know, drain this out, wait for these guys till January, and maybe they'll take a smaller deal, you know, that, that bodes well for next year and be able to save some money long term. SB Nation's Chris Cotillo is continuing to join us as we talk baseball winter meetings, wrapping up uh, the winter meetings. The Cubs have signed four pitchers, one of them in, uh, in Smiley probably won't pitch this year, but they've signed four pitchers. Uh, the Cardinals go out and get uh, Ozuna. It, it, should there be pressure on the Brewers to start making moves because their divisional rivals are making moves? Definitely. I think you know the Cubs and, and the, obviously the Cubs you know, this year was not – an easy pathway to the playoffs, like I think a lot of people thought it would be. The Cardinals regressed a little bit, so they knew knew that they needed to make a move, especially in adding a bat, really to get back to where you know they they thought they should be. Um, and the Cubs, obviously, their biggest need was rotation arms. Arietta and Lackey both leaving, you know, probably both leaving is is a big loss for them. Chatwood's a guy a lot of teams are interested in. They were able to get him for you know less than thirteen million a year, which is not bad for a guy with a lot of potential outside of Coors Field. Their bullpen guys, obviously, uh, c and Morrow are good moves. The Cardinals were able to sign Gregerson and also get Azuna. And, and, you know, the Brewers, it's tough to go home empty-handed when your rivals are, are doing things. But like I said, you know, they're, what they're into, and I, I think they're probably going to be in that high-end pitching market, you know, it's a year where we're probably not going to see the Red Sox in there. We're not going to see the Yankees or the Dodgers uh, in that Darvish-Arietta market. It opens things up for teams we're not used to seeing play in that in that pool, I think the Twins are going to be really involved on those guys. I think the Brewers probably are too. You know, the Rangers, so you know, maybe even the Angels. So there's there's a lot of uh, moving parts to this. And that, like I said, it's very early. So you know, I, I respect sometimes. You know, uh, every GM has said this a billion times. Sometimes the best deal is the one you don't make. I think you know, in the Brewers' case, they obviously you know had a lot of discussions at the winter meetings. And I think they were really productive for every club. But this stuff didn't get. You know, past the finish line by the time we all left Orlando doesn't mean that stuff is coming down the line or that they've made progress. With all due respect to Jake Arrieta and you, Darvish, I think the sexiest name from a starting pitching standpoint for the Brewers is Chris Archer. As you handicap it, what are the chances that Archer is wearing a Brewers uniform this year? That was one part of these winter meetings I think I was a little surprised about is that Tampa Bay was not more aggressive in trying to trade pieces. You know, I think. You know, it kind of came down about a week ago. And once Stanton went to the Yankees, I think the the Red Sox obviously have to look at that and say, all right, we're in this, so we're going to go and see what we can do and get a big bat. It's an arms race. And when you're, you know, the other three teams in that division, they might have to sit back and say, all right, let's let these guys duke it out. We might need to reset here. The Blue Jays don't want to do that just because they're kind of a different dynamic up there. And Baltimore never wants to do it, but apparently is willing to entertain it with Machado now. And that's, you know, the biggest, the big move that's going to come next. I think Tampa Bay was really likely to do it just because, you know, when they're that small of a market, you have to reset things. So, you know, I think they're really looking to trade Colome. They're looking to trade maybe Longoria, uh, Dickerson, and, and Oda Rizzi. But Archer is a guy that a lot of people have interest in for years. He's a guy that's been talked about in trade rumors for three or four years. The Braves have always really loved him. 
The Cubs obviously have familiarity there with Madden uh, and now Jim Hickey. The Dodgers do with Andrew Friedman. But, you know, the the Brewers have some front office overlap with, you know, the Rays in the past, and I think that could help them too. That's been brought up a lot. The Brewers obviously have the prospects of young players to get a deal done with Tampa Bay. So I think they are in the mix, but I think with Tampa Bay, you know, right now, just because we're just, I think the whole league's in bullpen mode, which is unfortunate because it's not the sexiest names at all, but Alex Colomay is probably the first deal they're going to work on. They've talked to the Cardinals at length about him. You know, just to mention another NL Central move, the Brewers probably aren't going to make to make things even worse. But uh, before they move on to Archer and Longoria and those guys, I think it'll be like Colomay that moves. And But I think Archer is a good fit. The guy's under control for a little bit and, you know, would be there as the Brewers, you know, get to, you know, the pinnacle they expect to be at. So, um, it's definitely in play, but they obviously value him very highly in Tampa Bay because they've had teams after him for three or four years and still haven't pulled the trigger on a move. Last thing for you, and this is kind of out of left field, but uh, we've seen some punishments coming down due to some international issues with obviously the Braves, also the Pirates. Uh, Tyler Chatwood's contract is being looked at because of language in there related to uh, Cy Young votes. Uh, the Major League Baseball is looking into uh, where teams were getting injury information on Otani. Why is Rob Manford in baseball so in on really trying to all of a sudden make sure everybody is doing things ex- exactly the way you're supposed to do things? Yeah, I think they're kind of all all separate cases in my mind. The Chatwood thing is really interesting. It's obviously you know a conflict of interest with the Baseball Writers Association. If he gets one Cy Young vote, he gets like a four million dollar bonus. So you know he goes up to a writer in the clubhouse. Not that I would ever you know accept a million dollars to write his name on a piece of paper. Come on, but, Chris. But, yeah, of course I would. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I think uh, <laughs> that's that's the problem. That someone probably would, and that's obviously you know a huge a huge uh, conflict of interest. I think with the Otani stuff, that process is just so unique that it's been monitored closely, and obviously the report about his UCL, that's an investigation now. I think with the Braves and the Pirates, I think the international thing in general is just so incredibly messed up that um, you know teams are going to have to fall on the sword um, when um, you know guys when, when things go wrong. We saw the Red Sox get punished a few years ago. The Braves obviously... You know, a lot of stuff going on in the international market, losing top prospects, having your GM banned for life, losing draft picks. That's a very severe punishment, obviously. And then the Pirates is an ongoing investigation. I think, you know, people that talk about the international market, I'm no, and by no means am I an expert in this, say it's just a really messed up system in general. These package deals and cutting deals and, you know, there's a lot of backroom stuff and stuff that extends beyond the baseball field. You know, some illegal activity and, you know, really shady characters trying to make a profit in, in those kind of Latin American countries and, you know, I think, you know, you have to try to clean it up. Um, you have to really, you know, show make an example out of those clubs. The Braves were a big one. The Pirates might be, and the Red Sox were. So that's just, you know, an area that, that needs needs reform, and I think they're trying to do that that way. But I think those things are kind of, you know, not necessarily related. But I respect that he's willing to crack down on all those things and be, you know, not necessarily a stickler, but someone who does not let things slide. He is Chris Cotillo. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Cotillo. Cotillo spelled C-O-T-I-L-L-O. If you follow me or follow WTMJ on Twitter, we just retweeted him a little bit ago, so you can find him there. He is an MLB reporter and insider at SB Nation and MLB Daily Dish. Chris, always appreciate the time. You land and you talk to us. It's great that you would do that, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again very soon. Thank you. It's time to sleep now, so I appreciate it. Very good. There's uh, Chris Cotillo joining us. This is Brewers Weekly. We're a little late for a break. Let's get to it. We're back in a moment on WTMJ.
Weekly is rolling on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join me, you can do so by giving me a call on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. One of the issues I have just in life, and I have many, but one of the issues I have in life is sometimes taking the viewpoints that are being expressed on social media, namely Twitter, and thinking that that's how everybody's thinking. And research says that's not true. If you're listening right now, and you are because you're hearing my voice, there's a better than 50% chance that you're not even on Twitter. Most It does not have 50% penetration. It doesn't have any, it's got like 15 or 20% uh, in terms of user base in the country. I don't even know if it's that. So there's a certain type of person who is on social media and active. All I've seen is people moaning and complaining about the Brewers not making any moves. Now, if the Brew, if it's if it's March first and the and they haven't made a move, then said moans and complaints are valid. Are they valid on December fourteenth? I don't think so. I'll listen to you. You can convince me otherwise if you want to. But are you frustrated that coming out of the winter meetings, a winter meetings that quite honestly people like me kind of talked up that this was going to be a big deal, that the Brewers were going to go out and you know find a frontline pitcher, yada, yada, yada. Are you frustrated that they come out of the winter meetings and don't have that? Or are you saying, okay, it's December 14th. We're still a couple months out from even starting to talk about the old pitchers and catchers reporting. Like, it's not something that has to happen right now. We'll talk to you about it on the Academic Mortgage Talk and Tax Line, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620, or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. That's the conversation that we'll have next here on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Phone lines are open on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also uh, tweet at me if you would like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, the conversation we're going to have is disappointment or understanding that the Brewers did not make moves at the winter meetings. And this is my take, and I'm going to continue to defend my take, and I look forward to having some people who maybe disagree with me on this. I would have loved to have seen the Brewers make moves, but I think it's too early to be really upset. There weren't a ton of moves for any teams, really, at the winter meetings. Unless you were a relief pitcher, you weren't getting, you know, the deals weren't getting done. I understand that Marcelo Zuna and Giancarlo Stanton and those deals got done, but there weren't, it wasn't like the winter meetings have been in the past where just every day it's deal after deal after deal after deal. It's been a little bit more laid back, and to me, David Stearns has earned enough credit in the bank that I'm not going to judge him at all on what the 40-man roster looks like on December 14th. In fact, I wouldn't even be surprised if more moves are being made once spring training is getting underway. There's going to be people who disagree with that. I think Charlie and Oshkosh might be one of them. Charlie, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Matt, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, I know they could make a big trade tomorrow, and I know it's fairly early. I mean, a lot of teams like to be pretty well set close to Christmas. and uh, But, you know, as things go on, you mentioned Matt Weeders. There's a reason why he was available in spring training. He wasn't as good as he used to be and, and that type of thing. But um, all that being said, I was 
very disappointed. I, I guess I looked at the Brewers, the way they ended the year, the year they had, they were going to be the aggressor. They were going to be aggressive. I mean, the Cubs and the Cardinals, and there's still a lot of rumors with the Cardinals, with Donaldson. Um, I, I know and I have faith in, in Stearns, but uh, I was very disappointed. Were you disappointed more in an, in an entertainment standpoint that – you know, you're a, you're a Brewers fan, and you you're expect these winter meetings are a show, and you're expecting them to kind of show up for the show, for lack of a better term. Or were you disappointed just from a from a pure baseball standpoint? Well, um, I'm tired of winter already, <laughs> so, and I love baseball. I love the Brewers, and you know, um, you know, they had the GM meetings, and things were quiet there, and I and the winter meetings. I mean, that's when they made the Travis Shaw trade last year, and. Um, there's about 12 to 15 relievers gone already. I, I know the prices are outrageous, but um, you pay what you get for sometimes. I know there can be injuries and down years, but I know that um, you know things can still happen, and i got to be patient. I've, I'm not a very patient person, I guess, and, and I was just so excited with them last year, but um, I'm just wondering if they're not quite as good. I mean, San, Domingo Santana, you know, I thought, wow, why are they looking to trade him? And then you read all the stats on him that, wow, he wasn't that good, you know, with fielding and uh, very lucky with the ball in play. But I'll let you go, Matt. I, I, I like um, like that Merrifield and a young, controllable pitcher from Kansas City would be good. Um, I just I, I love Brinson and Phillips. I don't know about uh, Corey Ray and and uh, Grisham. You know, those might be some outfielders that they could trade. But you got to give up something to get something. And, um um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm on the edge of my seat, but um, your question, I was disappointed with the winter meetings. Take right. care. That's fair, Charlie. I appreciate the phone call, 414-799-1620. Very reasoned approach to being disappointed. And I think the main point of what he said was he expected the Brewers to be aggressive, and aggressive means kind of forcing the issue with a deal. I don't know if David Stearns is ever going to force the issue. Uh, it's I want to talk about later on in the program if we have time. And if we don't have time today, we'll get into it on a future show. Is David Stearns maybe too rigid in his evaluations? That if you got to push that salary a little bit more than what you know the the algorithm says a guy is worth, he's not willing to do it. Sometimes, in from a real world perspective, do you need to spend that extra amount of money? And I'm not like I'm not saying that David Stearns doesn't have a baseball sense and he's got his head stuck in a computer and he's not going past it. I'm, I'm not saying that at all, uh, and I hope it didn't come across that way. But sometimes you do have to be wondering as the market moves, do you have to move with the market a little bit more? Let's get one more call in before we go to break. Marty's in Sheboygan. Hey, Marty, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Matt, love the show. Thank you. Um, I'm not disappointed in the least. I guess if I were disappointed at all, it'd just be from the standpoint of it's it's uh, it's fun to have them, you know, go to uh, the winter meetings and come back with, you know, they made a deal. It's just, it's exciting from the baseball standpoint, but uh, an entertainment standpoint, like you were talking about with Charlie. But I'm not disappointed that they didn't do anything. Um, just making a move for the sake of making a move and. Sometimes being aggressive isn't always the best way to go about doing things, you know, either. I mean, we overpaid. We were aggressive, and we overpaid for Jeff Supon and Matt Garza and Randy Wolf, and the list goes on and on. And to me, that's being aggressive, but um, you're also sacrificing on the back end. And, you know, if you're going to make moves to kind of, I guess, placate the fans that want those moves made, those are going to be the same fans that in – 
two or three or four years when the deal doesn't look so good anymore are going to say, you know, we overpaid for this guy. Why did we do this? This is this was a horrible move. Um, but at the time, it you know, it all sounds good. Um, I think with, and I think you're right, Stearns has earned a little bit of credit there. Um, you know, he's made moves that have been good. Uh, look at the Shaw deal last year and, you know, just some of the other things that he's done, you know, the Swarzak deal. And uh, if, if if the Brewers get in contention and, you know, are, are better in a couple of years and they don't start making moves to, like, kind of fill in the pieces, then I think people will have a reason to be upset. You know, I think don't we kind of see that a little bit with the Packers? We're always wondering, why doesn't Thompson do this or do that when they're in the running you know, all the time. Uh, but uh, Stearns has definitely built up some credits, and, you know, let's just see what happens. And I think when push, if push comes to shove, uh, I think Adonacio will jump in, too, and say, hey, we need to be more aggressive. We need to spend money. Let's go make something happen. And, you know, maybe tell Stearns not to be so rigid and so uh, tight with the, the first strings, too. Absolutely, Marty. Appreciate the phone call. Good, good stuff from Marty there. Great phone call. And the point that he made at the end wasn't even a point that I was even thinking of to get to this program, but fantastic point about Mark Atanasio. Atanasio is a competitive dude, and he likes to win, and he also has a lot of money. And he's, he likes to make money. He likes to make money. He's not going to throw money away. But I think what we've learned from him is if there's an opportunity to spend a little bit more money to push that wallet you know, a little thinner than it was before to make a good move to push you even further. They did that, you know, not that their, not that their payroll was you know, anything special this past year, but they took on salary when they brought in Neil Walker. They took on a, a fair amount of salary, a prorated salary, but they took on a fair amount of salary when Neil Walker did come in. So they are willing to spend money. I, I think the one thing... I'm not quite as patient as Marty. I, I'm expecting I, – I got the sense from his phone call that he's okay letting this thing really play out for a while. Look, they got to get a top-line starting pitcher for this year. They just have to. I don't know if it's Chris Archer. That's who I want it to be. Um, that's who I think makes the most sense, who fits on this team the best. I'm not real high on Arietta. I'm not real high on Darvish. But maybe there's a maybe there's a mystery candidate out there, another starting pitcher from another team that – the Brewers can put a pro, you know a package of prospects together that you can go out in and make that move. Travis Shaw wasn't anybody that we were expecting to see wear a Brewers uniform 13 months ago, and we all saw what happened there. 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. It's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This is Brewers Weekly. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolls on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to ever tweet at me, if you want to keep the Brewers conversation going, even when this program's not on the air, you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I also have the Brewers Externings podcast that drops every Sunday night, Monday morning, which is another hour of all things Brewers talk. So you can check that out as well. Subscribe if you listen to a podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, or you can listen to it on WTMJ's app, WTMJ.com, wherever you might go for it. We're talking about the winter meetings where the Brewers don't really make moves. They don't do much. They lose Anthony Swarzak. Swarzak signs a two-year deal with the Mets for $14 million. 
I got to be honest with you. Like, I really liked what Anthony Swarzak did this past year. I was really hopeful that Swarzak would be back with the Brewers this year. I thought uh, he, he fit in from a effectiveness standpoint, and he fit in from a culture standpoint. There was a lot of really good things about Anthony Swarzak, but this might be his only opportunity to get a fairly big-money contract. Like This changes his life. Anthony Swarzak's life was just changed. Not that he wasn't making good money throughout his career, but he just he just guaranteed himself $14 million. That's a lot more money than he had ever made before. I don't blame the guy for going and signing with with the Mets. Like you, you got to take that money. It's generational kind of money uh, when you when you look at it. When you look at what Swarzak has done previously this past year, he the highest salary he has had in any season was nine hundred and thirty five thousand dollars. His career earnings up until this year was $4.1 million over a career that started in the big leagues in 2010. $4.1 million. He just made $14 million. He just tripled his career earnings with one contract. He's set for life. you got to do it. Like There's real-world aspects to it. I I know we all look at these guys as robots and everything and you know say well the the Brewers offered him a certain amount of money and everything maybe he should just come back where he was comfortable the Mets threw a lot of money at him and you know what if I'm the Brewers I don't give him 2 years 14 million I just don't I I think there is I think there's as much of a chance that Swarzak is as good as he was this past year next year and the year after I think there's as much of a chance of that happening as him kind of regressing and being the guy that he was previous to this past year. It's always a red flag. It is always a red flag when a guy has a breakout season in his 30s. And that's what happened with Anthony Swarzak. In fact, if you remember, uh, I I had him on uh, Brewers Extra Innings, our postgame show, multiple times. And he told me this past year that... He went into this past season with the White Sox expecting to be DFA'd at some point during the course of the season. That as they went through their youth movement, uh, that at some point a veteran pitcher like him, there just wasn't going to be any use use for him. He was going into this past season with the expectation that he was going to be designated for assignment at some point during the course of the year. This is a guy who had never pitched below almost a 4 ERA. Yeah. So... I guess, you know, check that, 2013 and 48 appearances with the Twins. He had a 2.91 ERA, but it was certainly a breakout season for him. I think the worry that there's not a ton of great relief pitchers still out there for the Brewers, it's it's partially valid. It seems like relief pitchers are getting picked up right and left. And, you know, well, two years ago, the Brewers, it seemed like anybody that they touched turned into a pretty solid reliever. This past year, it wasn't like that, and they really had to work to find some, you know, effective relievers. And you know, Carlos Torres took a step back this past year. Uh, there, you know, a guy like uh, Jan Mariñez, who was very good the year before, doesn't even make it through the entire season. So, there's a bit of a gamble right now. There absolutely is a bit of a gamble right now with the Brewers in terms of relief pitching, and maybe if they make a move, maybe if they go acquire. 
a Chris Archer or another starting pitcher, uh, a relief pitcher, who is able to be uh, thrown in in those deals as well. We'll see because they, they need some help in the relief market and they haven't got anything done quite yet. 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. One more break. We'll come back and we will wrap up the program. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. Just a couple minutes left in the program. My name is Matt Pauley. Again, if you want to continue the conversation, you can do so by tweeting at me, at Matt Pauley on air. That's M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. That's my Twitter handle, and we can continue the conversation. I do think, here's here's something that's, I, I, I'd love to you know, get a deep dive on what's going on in the mind of David Stearns in terms of this one aspect of everything that's happened over the last few days. Cubs have made a bunch of moves. Cubs went and got Chatwood. Cubs went and got Morrow. Cubs Cubs have signed four pitchers in the offseason. Uh, the Cardinals make a run at Stanton. Had a deal done for Stanton, but he doesn't uh, waive his no-trade clause for the Cardinals, so he doesn't go. So they go get another all-star outfitter, Marcel Azuna. And you read the reports, there's a pretty good chance it sounds like the Cardinals are going to get Manny Machado from the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, they got Luke Gregerson. So here, with, with all due respect to the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Cincinnati Reds, I view the Cubs and the Cardinals as the competition for the Brewers in the NL Central. And those teams are doing things, and the Brewers have yet to do anything. And I wonder at what point you know, David Stearns looks across the division and sees these other teams doing things, and that adds some pressure to him to try to get something done. I'm sure if you asked him about it, he he would give a very calculated answer. You go into his mind, I wonder what he's really thinking when it comes to that. We'll see. Uh, that's all I can say at that, that point is uh, we'll see. All right, that's it for the program. This has been Brewers Weekly. We've got Clark Howard next. The news with Belinda in one minute on WTMJ.